everybody, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson. We're going to go into episode two in our series, How to Win in Bikini. And uh, we're going to talk about training. So um, this is a this is an area I think we talked about even when we were discussing women's figure and bodybuilding, Adam. But I have never in my life until this year had clients almost in mass as an entire unified group being bikini competitors tell me I will not train this body part. I will not do this. I will not do that. I definitely need to train my glutes 64 times a week. And it's all to try to mechanically engineer, or I should say biologically engineer, you know, a certain look. And of course, as, as a health scientist with a pretty heavy background in biology, I come down to genetics. And then in my physical therapy, physical medicine background, I always think of Mm, you know, orthopedics, uh, symmetry in terms of mechanical pull, joint tension, joint balance. And it just makes me cringe to hear people avoiding entire kinetic movement chains or, or body parts just for the sake of that aesthetic, knowing that orthopedically they could be really creating some imbalances. But all of that said, when you sit down with a brand new bikini competitor and you are trusted with training as well as nutrition and prep, where do you start and where does your brain go in outlining that programming? Yeah, really depends on the body of the person. You know, we're trying to create some very aesthetic ratios between the delts and the glutes, trying to kind of make those flow and match well. Um, Nothing really looks better than big delts, small waist, big glutes, and, uh, you know, just kind of some average or, you know, nothing that stands out on the legs, nothing that stands out on the arms. So this tends to be a little easier when you're only focusing on a few things. Uh, you know, if you don't have to train your legs a ton, if you actually have the leg volume, you can train legs every 10 to 14 days. Uh, you're getting enough stimulation likely from doing some of your glute movements too. So I find you sometimes don't have to have that very specific leg day all the time where you can do some hip thrusts, get some leg engagement, uh, and then move into some shoulders, uh, kind of doing vacuums to keep the waist small. So that's it. Bikini training is a little more simple, I think, because the the pot's not divided by so many muscle groups. But like you said, there are some mechanical and functional advantages to, you know, maybe not being afraid to train some chest here to get some anterior delt um, as long as they're able to. Uh, I, I don't really find breast augmentation affects that as much as people think. I think some doctors were very adamant about their clients not training chest. I've not seen it be an issue yet. Um, so if I can talk them into doing a little bit chest, it doesn't seem to be a bad thing at all. You, you make two really good points. And one is, even though we're comparing these different divisions, I think there really is a, a solid through line in terms of the different types of symmetry you're looking for. So you said, you know, delts, small waist glutes. If you keep that in mind as almost, you know, if you create a little graph or a little stick figure with force vectors and so forth versus figure where you need that, but now, okay, we still need to see your lat, you know, volume and your quads and so forth. And then of course there's bodybuilding. 
So th that is a good differentiation. Uh, you also say something that I think makes me more effective at arguing against the point I made myself, which is for perfect symmetry and balance. There is nothing that says you have to train every single body part, every single movement with equal veracity and intensity and strength application. It's just, you don't have to, you know, there's no other athletic sport that requires that. If you're a football player, rugby player, tennis player, you need different things. And there is to be expected some asymmetry in that approach. So I, I agree with you, as long as you're doing something functional to make sure you, you keep athletic balance of some sort, you know, from flexibility and strength and mobility. And then you can approach some of those more specialized areas like delts, glutes, and abs and so forth. So that was a really good point on your part. Yeah. It's uh, one of the funner divisions to train for, I think too. I, I really like the look. Mm -hmm. Any Anything that you do in terms of off season to, to contest prep differentiation in training, like, you know, he, this kind of almost like a classic periodization model here's, you know, building, building, building. And now it's just going to be trying to maintain as we diet, you know, towards the end, I, I actually might get into some functional training, just it, if they're starting to get to some higher cardio, I know we're not going to build. So, uh, I would dare do something a little CrossFit esque in a way, um, maybe with more bodybuilding type movements um, or some barbell complexes. I think that that can work really well in the bikini setting and just really get the heart rate up, get them off of the treadmill or elliptical or bike or whatever their choice of cardio is, especially once it starts getting higher. And uh, yeah, just really just dividing that overall volume and load to be a little bit lower for recovery. So things do tone back quite a bit and prep for a lot of my athletes. And I find myself more and more doing that because with the divisions being leaner, I, I'm putting a lot more focus on, you know, getting them tighter and taking some of that systemic stress away by sacrificing training and putting more cardio into the mix. Good. And, and good transition because our next episode guys is going to be on moving into contest prep. So we'll cover some of that coming up in episode three. We'll see you next time in contest prep university.